How do, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this degenerative podcast of the Bruiser Bolters crew. How do, hope everyone is alright today, hope you're having a fantastic day listening to us in your ear holes. It's the best place for us to be, so they say. So the Slaneshi cultists say. Who have we got with us today? We have got the great bearded man himself. He's in, he's in his mum's loft. And he's <laughs> and he's got a nice cup today. How are you doing, Luke? Luke Gibbs. First of all, this is not the loft. This is the box room on the landing. <laughs> it's worse. The worst room. Actually. Um, is that where the where the do? where the boiler is as well, mate? Yeah, it's quite loud. I hope the mic isn't picking it up. It's, it's also very hot in here. So I've got a drink of water from my official Brews and Bolters mug. Hey! How good is that, boys? I've got a Brews and Bolters top on. You have indeed, mate. Today, so I say so myself, and it's a pleasure to be on uh, the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's all right, mate. How's the t-shirt fitting? Good? Yeah, it's nice and tight, which is an XL, which is in no way depressing. <laughs> it looks, it looks, hey, it looks like so a Tommy Gun bra on you. It's because of these guns, mate. It's, oh, it's taking up all the. Uh, I hope space. you've got a license for them guns, uh, Gibbs. Actually, illegal. Pulse them indoors. Fun guns. Fun guns. Or they'll, or they'll raid Fun my mum's house and drag me down the street. FBI, open up! <laughs> So, in, in including Luke and the uh, the Guns of Steel, we have Liney. Dan, how are you going, mate? I'm going well, thank you very much, Scott. Uh, not too bad. I'm in loving the merch that we're rocking. Oh, man. Um, so even sick. got a hat as well, just to cover up the shine from the bald head and the reflection from the lights. That is actually patented in our um, you know in our hats. It is guaranteed to reduce head shine. Yeah, and also it's sunburn in summer. Real-world problems for bald people. Sunburn on your head in summer. It's a real condition. Yep. Uh, please donate any money you can to uh, I don't want to burn my bald head. <laughs> dot com. We're going to get you and McGregor on. He's going to come and do a little bit. <laughs> about, about We're going to do an hour-long hour special episode of why baldness is, in fact, a disease and it is a real problem. It is, especially if you're in the Imperium, because then you you fall to chaos. Speaking of right, falling exactly. to chaos, uh, Tao Tom, how are you going today, mate? All right? I'm not bad, I'll do. Looking good on your HD 4K cam, mate. Looking oh, no. sick. I'm, uh, I'm glad I got rid of this board cam. It's, this one is so much better. Yeah, it's very cool, man. Very, very cool. And then last but not least, we have the returning bearded man himself, Mr. Lil. How are you going, mate? Oi! Oh, good, thanks, mate. Here yeah. How are you? How are you, Scott? Has anyone asked how you are? Mate, everyone asks where Scott is, but never one asks how Scott it's, is. It's always how are you, never how am I? I'll, oh. I'll, I mean, I, I for a second, I thought it was Henry Cavall. I mean, I, yeah. I was oh, shocked. Oh, my God. I just thought it was the Gamer Chat meme. Yeah. <laughs> Gamer Chat. Gamer for anyone who's not aware of what we're speaking of, you should definitely go and check out our Facebook page because we have yeah. some new merch that's dropped. So we've been uh, taking pictures of it, and the first thing that everyone did was take the piss out of me. So cheers, boys! We, yeah, we we also have a professional model bad. modeling uh, the merchandise <laughs> on there as well. So please go and give him some. Go and give him some jip. Give me some jip. Give, give me some shit. I, I get it at work all day, so you know, in my personal life would also be great. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> work, personal life, just a daily struggle. Double down, on it, that'd be mint. Double down. Yeah, just it's. I call it character building, but with a tinge yeah. of crying. So yeah, 
whatever works best. But, boys, let's get on to the main feature. We are going to be talking about Xenos today, but before we do that, can we first say a massive thank you for everyone who's been listening at the minute. We have an amazing 82 viewers so far on the last episode, which was led by Luke, so thank you very much, sir for hosting that for us mate very much appreciate it but yes 82 viewers it's fantastic we're getting our followers up which is great as well and if you're unaware you can again we'll really reiterate it at the end of the episode but you can follow us on uh, instagram and on facebook all at bruise and bolters but we do have some really really special news this week which is quite in- interesting i think we should have a chat about it me and me and luke was there so you boys might have a few questions we'll be able to answer them for you Basically, we actually recorded our first ever battle report um, over the last week, haven't we, Luke? It was absolutely... So we, we did it in someone's house, not in a studio. So we rigged all the lights up. We rigged all the cables up. And then no one could move. It was like if you were inside a <laughs> game, all, <laughs> yeah. the, all the needles being stuck in, we were the marbles. So true. And the amount of times we almost... In fact, we did knock the cameras onto the table at some point so we were a bit strong in but we did a, a passable battle report in that environment so i must admit boys when when i came to visit just for the last 10 minutes i did wonder what you were actually filming yeah in there yeah but it, it, mike it, was it, still pulling his pants up by then mate so it just space juiced into the world to create <laughs> next demon army. Table. Who knew? <laughs> if, no, you'd have, if you'd have shown up with a pizza, to be fair, Dad, I think we'd have got you a <laughs> There'd have been a roll for me. There'd have been a roll. Yeah, and then Tom turns up and says, I've heard someone can't pay their rent. <laughs> step, step brother are you stuck in the washing machine <laughs> oh no again. not again <laughs> yeah it was good well, we man did we, we did it didn't we Luke? Uh-huh. We, we it took us it took us about an hour to get set up so it's the first time we've ever done it so we've we had lights we had boom arms we had backgrounds we had the table we had everything set up from scratch and it was a big big old task it took us uh, probably an hour and a half to be fair to get set up but it just went to show that even in someone's kitchen we could create quite good content and it opened up quite a lot of doors for us and avenues for where we want to be and what we want to do. So for you guys listening at home, it's exciting to say that we will be launching our first battle report, hopefully in the next few weeks, if I can actually get time to edit it in between everything else that I'm doing as well with painting and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it will be very cool. It will be based in a kitchen. So if you can tell or not, if, if we're good enough with it, uh, but we have got a few things lined up to hopefully get us inside a bit of a more of a permanent building already, which is very, very exciting. But more importantly, how was the game? The game how was, was How was sick. the battle? Ask who won, mate. Don't ask who won, that'll spoil it. No, yeah, that will <laughs> okay, spoil okay. it. Let's let's leave let's leave him like wanting more. That's that's always the good way well, to do it. Isn't I'll tell you, it? I'll like, tell you there was more. one army started off ridiculously strong. It looked like a washout, and then the second army pulled it back at the last minute. That's all I'll say. And it was very, very close. Very close. Oh, I do look forward they? to watching it. Which what sorry? What armies were they? There was a Custodes versus Tyranids. So very, very good. Yeah. Mike brought his Nids, brought a nice list. Luke obviously brought his his Golden Banana Boys. They did very well. The Nids did very well. It was overall just a very quite even fight, to be fair. And it was was good to see, uh, even though it was us recording. And, you know, it it took us six, six and a half hours to actually get the recording done of like an hour and a half game. 
because we were making sure that everything was done and making sure we'd done it properly. But the level of detail that the guys put into it to make sure it worked okay and to actually have a fair game was really good. Really, really good to see. What happened nice. to the Space Wolves, Gibbs? They're still there, mate. I keep I keep bringing them out for a game and then they get absolutely battered to an inch of their life. <laughs> oh, right. So they're, they're currently in intensive care, but they're going to come out again. Preferably against, I don't know, um, Admech or something crap. Something so low tier. <laughs> like Tau. <laughs> yeah, something low tier, please. It's right, but you can play me and I'll, I'll make sure that you win. <laughs> Not for one try in. Sound. So let's hey, have... I'm, in that, I'm in that crew as well. Mate, we're going to get you up there, don't you worry. Let's have a quick five minutes round of what everyone's been up to with the hobby in the last week or so then. So let's just have a bit of a catch up. So uh, we'll start with uh, Sir Thomas. You've been busy. Oh. I know you've been busy with the hobby. What have you been up to, mate? Oh, I've I've been reading up on, um, on a bit of law. I've been listening to not the latest Horace Heresy book, but the one before, Warhawk, which is very, very good. It centers around Dragon Tycon and the White Scars. And actual hobby-wise, I now I've got mostly unpacked in the house. I've started painting again. Yeah, man. And, um, I've done, what, a couple dozen of the drone fleet that I'll need for uh, future battle reports. So uh, I'll be excited to use them um, when when the time comes. Whenever that may be. Good man. Good man. Yeah, we'll we'll get to use them very shortly, mate. I imagine at Warhammer World. Mafu, you've been playing lots of uh Overwatch 2, mate. Have you had any time for the hobby? I haven't, mate. I need to finish painting my guys, honestly honest to God. Because I'm mate, I'm I just I can't devote the time. <laughs> I keep using the newborn excuse, it's wearing thin. <laughs> but just sitting down, right, and getting my paints out. I tried to put brush to man and my balls itch and I just can't. <laughs> I just it's just I'm just it's just it's tough. It is just tough to sort of just, I, I honestly don't understand how you can just sit there and put so much like an hour, two hours. I would get a pauldron done and about forty eight thousand WhatsApp sent in that time because I just can't concentrate. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, anything else? Because it's just tough. But like, it's it's really annoying because I know that when I get to do my um, what's my bloke with the hammer called? You can tell I'm versed. Oh, you captain? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once I do him, it'll look mint. I'm going to get some colours and it's going to look sick. It's just getting there. You know what I mean? Do, do you know? Do you know what, mate? We've we've spoke about we're going to do an episode in the future about painting and stuff and where people different levels are and interests and stuff in that part of the hobby, and we'll go through that. But I honestly want to do this for us anyway. We need to have a hobby hangout one night um, or in a weekend where we just get together and instead of necessarily playing a game, like some of the places that we're looking at are playing games obviously do hobby hangouts as well. And I'd love to do one where it's just like, Joe, you know I paint. I'd like to say I paint quite well, and I'd love to just help people who get over that hobby fear of it or like having, like you say, the inclin inclination to do it in the first place. I'd love to help you with that, man. So we'll get you there, man. And again, if you don't want to get there, that's also fine. So whatever. Oh, you no, want I want to, I want to get a bare minimum of them painted. Like, <laughs> I think I'm, I, I just, I like playing. That's, that's my issue. I'm just there for the bang, bang, shoot, shoot. Um, rather than the uh, intricacies in the law and stuff like that. I like the, um, the tactics. I've been playing a game called Gloomhaven. Not heard of that. If, 
Any of you have heard of it at all? No. no. It's it's very. I feel like it's what D and D would be like as a computer game, and it is a computer game. It's great. It was free on Epic Store up until like the twenty ninth for last month. I wish I'd have told you, but it's like, oh, it, it it's good. Fucking nightmare though. Oh my god, is it confusing? Like you've got a roll. You, your moves have got. Uh, intention on them and you move sooner and stuff like that but it's based off a board game as well it's sick I would recommend checking it out uh, um, yeah it's a genuinely good game I think it'd be right up your street Scott and probably as well Gibbs I'm not sure what you two are like um, never tell like the gaming and that but yeah it's good fun it's like in depth what? and one one dungeon takes like an hour and a half because there's three you're like here's what I'm doing and it's <laughs> like you've got a tactic between yourself it's like oh my god God, it's like awful, but it is good fun. It's good. Sounds fun. good, man. We uh, yeah. there's a game that we played, Gibbs. If you remember, I think you told me about it. Um, that was a game on Steam. What was fit similar to that? You chose a class and you moved above the world board and stuff and did stuff. It was very similar to D and D. I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it sounds like that. But also, I'll try and figure that out and I'll text you it in a bit, mate. But um, there was also um, a game that I've picked up and I didn't realize the style of game of it, and it sat above um, Curse City, Warhammer Curse City. And I just thought it was just like a, a Warhammer game, but I actually watched one of the videos on it the other day and they explain it and it's very much D&D focused. So you have moves and then you have actions and then you have like critical roles and stuff. But instead of it being like a D20, it's a dice where it either has a one, a two or a zero on it. And if you get a two, it's a critical. A one's a good Wait. and a zero is nothing. Mate, this is Gloomhaven. Literally, yeah. you get allocated. It's like move cards. Yeah, so yeah. Like, you have like five allocated zeros six allocated plus ones, three allocated plus twos, but then you also get minus ones and minus twos, um, and you can affect that roll. And But once you've used that roll, so say like out of your five minus twos, as soon as you roll one, you're down to four, so you're less like, you start to become less likely to get minus twos. So if you yeah. absolutely obliterate your minus twos at the beginning, you've had a crap start, but you're going to absolutely annihilate stuff later on in the game. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds very similar. Yeah, be up for that, it's mate. Good. We'd, we'd, we'd have yeah. to have a look at that. Um, and like I say, I'll get this painted up and play some Curse City for sure. Liney, what have you yes. been? Up, what have you been up to, mate? I know you've not done oh. too much hobbying. Someone's done some hobbying no. for you. Well, somebody has, yes, Scott. That's correct. Um, so I've been lazy, and I'm the same as Matt. <laughs> I don't like painting. Um, I just, I just, I just don't have the skill for it. Yeah, right on there, Matt. Um, but I do like the tactics, and I've said that before in previous episodes. I've said that I prefer the tactics for me. It's the battle and doing it. But I have today been strolling across every uh, low low budget department store. We'll not say the name for obvious rights. Oh, department stores are available. Yes, um, but for a box because yeah, I've yeah. got the magnetic sheets, I've got the magnets. I need to just get some plastic glue. I need to get some more paints, so I'm going to uh, Outpost on Sunday with my daughter, um, and also to pick up her first army as well, uh, hopefully. And also, I uh, my, I had my mum, who listens to the podcast, shares all our Facebook... Uh, <laughs> hi, mum! Yeah, hi, mum! Shout out to mum! Space um, and she was she was here last night and she asked me about it and i was i was genuinely just showing her how sort of the premise of movement works shooting phase psych well psychic phase shooting phase and then the charge phase i, mean, I didn't get to the charge phase because i lost her as soon as i said psychic phase <laughs> i have seen her face and then i showed her like rolling the dice right so these hit on her let's say a three and then you've got to get the strength for the toughness and she looked at me like i was just talking in a different 
language altogether. <laughs> hey, I like but, to think that in like three weeks, your mum's going to come to you over like Sunday dinner and be like, I'm tearing it to shit out of you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? Honestly, what? there'll be a conversation once where she's like, so I've picked up uh, some ultramarines and um, I quite fancy having a battle with you. And she yeah. absolutely obliterates me. Oh, she just um, turns up and she's like, I've, tra- I've tried my hand at a bit of painting. And it's like the most <laughs> detailed model. You're like, yeah. Do that for you. Yeah, yeah, like world class, like because yeah, I love, I love the idea yeah. of her turning up on a Sunday dinner table and putting the t- putting a, a plate out, but instead it's her models, and she goes, "It's time to." Yeah, yeah, literally with a with a dice bag in her hand as well, like it's on like Donkey Kong. Roll for initiative, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, love it, and I'm just not prepared for it. I love it. But man. yeah, so that's that's been my week, mate, and obviously um just yeah, just learning a bit more about the Necrons just for tonight for the Xenos podcast. Um yeah. yeah you good. got you got half your army painted as well and ready? You're like halfway there now, right? Yeah, I just need to pick up that's why I need I need to speak to you anyway, Scott, about what blue you used um and what colour it is and then the, the base stuff as well to pick up on Sunday so I can yeah, hopefully man. get cracking on some of the other ones that aren't there. The secrets in the source, mate. Gibbs, what have you been up to? You've always up to some at you. No, I'm always no, up we something. know. Sneaky. Agent of chaos. Yeah. So I've I'm talking about the orcs tonight, and I've painted all my orcs. Um, so they're all good, but I'm 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 jazzing up my custodies. They look all right. Obviously, they were in the battle report, but they've all got little gems on them, and some of them need the swords getting right so they match all the other swords. So it's lots of looking at them. And saying, oh, there's a little speck of gold on this bit of red on his shoulder. I need to do that. So it's always loads of little crappy, fiddly jobs that I have to do, but on about 50 different models. So it's just sitting down and literally going through them. Um, like it's some kind of, you know, that show where they redo people's antiques. Like, <laughs> my granddad got shot in the in the war and put this up his bum to evade the Nazis. Can you can you wash all the poo off and make it good again? I'm basically doing that with all all my models. Um power wash simulator. Yeah. But for models. Oh mate. I need to start watching I, I think the show. first YouTube video should be uh, Gibbs doing that with, with whatever he's got. Excuse me, Harry, it's the presenter. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby is spicy meat boy. I'll give your models a good old wash, mate. You give your models a good old lab. Yeah, taking them from basic to, to more than basic, just slowly getting stuff um, looking a bit jazzier. That that's been the thing. Little jobs. Most of my big jobs are done. That's it, mate. That's it. Well, as anyone who follows our Facebook or Instagram will know, keep plugging that bitch as much as I can do. Um, you'll know we currently are so we're on the sixth today as of recording, and on the twenty third, uh, we will be heading over to Warhammer World. So yes. seventeen days inclusive of today. Um, I'm on a bit of a mission to paint 1,500 points worth of Sisters of Battle. So, since last episode, since the last week, I have done roughly about eight Sisters, um, and I still have 32 remaining, including a tank. So, I don't know if I'm going to get it done, but as Gibbs has just said there, when you find the little bits and specs and stuff, so I'm a bugger for 
looking at a scroll and painting it and then putting a base coat on it and then a layer and then a highlight and then a shade and then going, oh, I just need a little bit more contrast. And then it's midnight and going, shit, where's my time gone? I painted a scroll. So I'm trying, I'm trying to learn the art of the four footer, um, being four foot away and it looking decent. I'm struggling with that. I think everything needs to be a golden demon winner. Um, and it's just not, I just don't have the time for it. But in the other news, speaking of golden demons, it's something me and Mike have been speaking about. We will be trying to enter golden demon, which is a prestigious painting competition next year. So fingers crossed that goes well. I want to make a really cool diorama. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's going to be really sick. Um, so I'm hoping we can enter that for next year. But my plan is to get these painted ready for Warhammer World on 23rd, which will be uh, hopefully either our first or second, depending on how this battle report editing goes, episode on the YouTube channel when it launches. So keep an eye out for that. It'll be very, very cool. Very sick. We've got some funny ideas. Dan's putting his dress on again after all this time. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Just call, me da- just call me Danielle. <laughs> Only on weekends. Right. Into... Ooh. The main event. So, episode three, we spoke about the Imperium. Episode four, we spoke about chaos. So, Imperium is all your space marines, all that sort of shit. Imperial Guard Sisters of Battle, Inquisitors. Chaos is all your demons and all your naughty things that crawl out your bum. Um, all the bad stuff. And now we're on to Xenos, which is basically the alien races. So, just to clarify, we spoke about this last episode, and then afterwards we found out the answer. Leagues of Votan, I wasn't sure whether they were Imperial with them being dwarfs or with them being Xenos, with them being... I can tell you now they're Xenos, mate. They are Xenos, mate. Yeah. Do you know how I know they're Xenos? How? Because the Warhammer website lists them under Xenos. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's where we get our information. (laughs) The smoothest of all brains. (laughs) The definition of being correct. Smooth brain. (laughs) Yeah, it it literally is. Smooth so, brain smooth brain criminal. So, in this one, last episode, um, Luke kind of went through the chaos. The one before, I kind of went through Imperium. Whereas this one, we're going to mix it up a little bit. So, it's going to be interesting because we've actually got a few of us going through different parts of the Xenos factions, and we've got Mafu, who's very new to the law, very new to the hobby, who'll be able to ask us some questions about it as we try and uh, fumble our way through it. Now, we did have Mike, who was supposed to be on to do Nids. But um, he's he's not on. Um, I, I, I don't know. He, last time he missed a podcast, he, he said he busted a nut and then fell asleep. So it might be that again. You can never tell. My mum's listening to this, Scott. She's going to ask me what busting a nut is. <laughs> or even worse, she might already know. <laughs> oh, I do that, Dan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I bust a few nuts in my time. I'll tell you that much. It's hard, it's hard to bust when you're under that fub, let's be honest, boys. <laughs> when the whip cracks. The sack retracts. Oh, oh no! When the whip cracks, can we get back? Mate. Can we get back to the uh, the Xenos? There is a limit on point right there for you. So yeah, um, let's not. We're going to start off because I know he's absolutely gagging to go through them. We're going to start off with the orcs because Luke absolutely adores those filthy green monstrosities. Luke, take us through the orcs, mate. What are the orcs? Well, the orcs are first of all my army. Um, they're my favorite army to play. They attack on mass. There's loads of them. They just don't even care. They just attack everything. And we said last week um, that the gods in the of the chaos, the four orcs, are called Gork and Mork. So they are the reflections of orcs 
in the war. So they're basically two big giant orcs. One of them's brutally cunning. The other one is cunningly brutal. And the orcs in real life often disagree on which one is which and will just fight over it, just like the gods do. So that's how they began. If if you ask them where they came from, they'll tell you that they was made by the brain boys. That's what they call their gods or their creators. But we know them to probably be the old ones, Bond, yeah. which basically ancient frog people that made lots of stuff. And uh, they made the orcs as one of them when they were fighting the necrods back in the day, back oh. in dinosaur times. Or 60 million times. years ago. Yep. Well, about dinosaur times then, I was right. Was yeah, <laughs> before, the, before the 41st millennium. Back before then, all though, the spaceships. They were all bigger. Before the spaceships, they were all bigger and giants, like bigger than Primarchs, called Crocs. Crocs, yeah. Because they had massive fights to have. But then after that fight ended, they had no one to scrap against. And then they devolved into these kind of kind of Lord of the Rings type orcs. But, but so they're a bit done... like goldfish in a sense. If you put a goldfish in a big pond, it'll grow massive. These guys didn't have anyone to fight, so they shrunk down. The more fights they have, exactly. the bigger they get, right? So like that's Ooh, why they're yeah. called the so knobs. Goldfish, so so if goldfish had well. another fish to fight with. It could get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> Goldfish fighting. Battle. It's not Pokemon. Yeah. Goldine. <laughs> Goldine. It's an orc. It's an orc splashing around on the floor. <laughs> Magikarp. Oh shit! No, it's it's the worst Pokemon in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's super effective. The the biggest boss at the moment is Gazgul, whose full name is Gazgul Maguruk Fraka, and he is the self-proclaimed prophet of Gork and Bork. So he hears their voices and sees visions. Um, and he wants to build the biggest warg ever, which and a warg is just <laughs> loads of orcs destroying everything. It's all basically all you need to know. But he wants to so make a you... warg so big that Gork and Bork come out of the warp and, and join in. That's that's, hey, that's the goal. Have, did I have drugs before I came? On here, that sounds like the craziest sentence I've ever heard. This is why mate, everyone wants to play orcs, mate. mate I'm honestly, up, by the way, I'm I, not even close I, to the craziest. <laughs> if anybody ever I'll walks into a in. to a James workshop and somebody's playing orcs and you hear somebody shout the warg, don't be alarmed. That is a thing that you have to do on the tabletop. Yeah, and Gibbs is 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 yet to shout it. And what if you whisper it? Because no, the no, the, it gets minus one the, toughness and minus one strength. Simple. Yeah, basically, <laughs> uh, any any dice roll from the opposing player, you get to use the hand of God. Hand of God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Boom! All across the table. Especially I will get. I, I will get him to shout it. One day, maybe, but not today. <laughs> today is not the day. Orcs, Matthew, are part animal and part fungus among yeah. us, so they are part mushroom. Uh, so and they drop spores. So it starts off as spores. Is that uh, where they're green? Correct. They have oh, fungusy okay. things in them, which make them green. But they right. also have animal things like heads and arms and legs. And the fungus gets everywhere, right? It gets all into your nooks and crannies. Turns into little snotlings and squigs, which are like little babbies and squigs. Oh, the dogs. squigs are cool. Squigs yeah, are cool. squigs are cool. And they, yeah. squigs can get bigger as well. There's not just. Um, oh my god, you get a big uh, squig. 
You can get big giant big squigs, squigs. That loads of people. Oh my god. So you can set up you can set a little mini tower on top of one or you can ride one like a big dog. There's, there's, the limit, there's limitless ones. There's bomb squigs that you throw and then their stomach explodes on impact. Um there's bomb squigs, you just strap a bomb to a squig and just kick it and it runs off. And then it'll blow something up, presumably, even if it's your own people. No one gives a shit. Um the snotlings grow into grots, which are like the the servants of the orcs. And then the orcs are the orcs. They're the big the big bosses of this fungus world, right? They use they have societies and they use teeth as a currency, T E E F teeth. Um they can use their teeth, they can use another orc's teeth, they can use human teeth, they can yep. use tyranid teeth. Yep. So is there a teeth. value of currency depending on which teeth it yeah. is? Correct. So like if you turn up with dog like... teeth, it's like, oh, 5p. You turn up yeah, with a human, human teeth, teeth, it's like, human oh, teeth, pennies. pennies, yeah. No, right. no, no, human teeth, oh. pennies, tyranid teeth, Nids. big monies, big monies, orc teeth, average. Depending right. on and some okay. of the orcs okay. grow teeth faster, and they're kind of like Tories or the, the upper class. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stay away they from grow money. <laughs> yeah, they just, they just happen to be more affluent. I'm not saying it's better or worse. <laughs> uh, so if you want some money, go punch someone in the face and get some money. <laughs> we um, are not simple. condoning punching people in the face. Unless you can get money orc, out of if it. If you're an orc. <laughs> Unless it's an orc. orc. Unless you're an orc or it is an orc. So with the money and the societies, you get tribes. They're just gangs of orcs, simple. They they then fall under clans and they'll all have their own separate cultures. And orcs will just do things and then they'll see, um, for example, they'll see someone bolting loads of metal together and go, oh, I like that. And then they'll go and do it. Or they'll see someone... Um, putting snazzy hats on and wearing lots of gold and go, I want some of that. Or they'll see someone driving a a bike off of a cliff just to go as fast as they can and go, I'm as all about that, mate. Uh, and then you get all these different clans. So there's loads of them. I'll, I'll, I'll riff through them quickly. Bad Moon's teeth grow fast, rich, most money, most gear. Blood axes, sneaky. Like they all look like Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell, and they all like to sneak around. And all the other orcs don't like it. It's not very orky to be sneaky. You walk up to the whatever's you want to fight, and you punch it. There's no there's no time for sneakiness. So an an insult would be to say, yeah, "You're thinking like a blood axe with that plan," and then the other orc will go, "You watch your fucking mouth." <laughs> <laughs> All right, you. Uh, it's yes, like the only, only way is Essex crowd, just like, but they're all orcs. All right, mate, you'd be sleeping with my mother. Yeah, I have, you fucking cunt. Yeah, do you want to go outside? <laughs> yes. And then the entire bar just starts <laughs> smashing, smashing each other. Each other up. Yeah. So it's like uh, it's yeah. like EastEnders in Queen Vic, then basically. Yeah. Phil, yeah, all right, Grant. <laughs> all the all the grots are like Ian Beale. Oh, I've got, I've got <laughs> nothing, nothing left. left. Oh my, it's a place now. I think. Okay, but simply, go on. Uh, Death Skulls. Death Skulls are my particular one. I play Death Skulls. They like to steal things. They like to to loot things. They like to build random stuff. They also are lucky because they're blue. 
bad moons are yellow because that's the uh, the more affluent color. And orcs believe that colors have properties. So evil suns paint themselves red because red goes faster. Uh, so all their vehicles and stuff will be red. Uh, Sound like a seven-year-old. It's faster if it's red. Is he got? Has he got a lightning on the side of it? Is he go? Ciao. Goths are black. There's the artist. They fight the most and think they're the strongest. Snake bites love squigs in the old ways. So they'll all be wearing uh, loincloths like George of the Jungle and riding squigs everywhere. They're not. They're not about the tech. Um, speed freaks go fast. Freebooters are like pirates, and they'll like do work for money, um, and are usually seen as like outcasts from the other clans. So that gives you the gist of of orcs. Um, there's some good little stories. I've got two of them. I'll say, and then I'll move on. Let someone else talk. But there's two good orcs. This is a good orc name. I just found this. So some of them are called Snickrot, uh, Badrook. This one's called Snagrod, the arch arsonist of Charadon. <laughs> <laughs> and I just put lol what on my notes because I was like, that's a funny name. <laughs> there's not really anything about him, but it's a great name. <laughs> there's Tusker the Demon Killer, who basically was on a spaceship with demons on it, fought the demons. And they were like, that was a right good fight, that was, boys. We need to find some more demons. So they pointed themselves at the Eye of Terror, which we discussed previously on the last episode, uh, and then flew straight into it past Cadia, the planet just outside the Eye of Terror, who were like, there's orcs coming. Shit, everyone get ready. It's going to be a big fight. And then the orcs just went lol and just <laughs> sailed right past Cadia, into, literally into hell. And everyone on Cadia was like, what? <laughs> What 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 just happened? <laughs> and they literally flew in and just started killing demons left, right, and center until the god of violence, the chaos god of violence, Corn, was so like amused by this that he now resurrects Tusker and his orcs every day to fight on a special planet. Yeah. Uh, and they just fight demons forever every day. Corn loves it and the orcs love it. So they're, they're not even falling to chaos. They're just fighting demons forever for a laugh. <laughs> um, this is a good one for the most mad sentence, most mad story, Matt. So this is war boss Grizzguts. So Grizzguts was an orc war boss who, yeah. had, launched, who had launched a warg, right? As they Oof. tend to do. Yeah. Um, using warp travel... Grizzgut accidentally travelled back in time and emerged back into the past just before they were were about to travel back in time. And then the first thing Grizzguts thought was, hang on a minute, if I can find myself, I can kill myself, and then I can have two of my favourite can. <laughs> so Grizzguts went to find himself, killed himself, then disappeared because time travel. <laughs> And all the orcs in the warg were like, what? What the fuck just happened there? And everyone just stopped warging and just disappeared and just went on their way. Yeah. So he killed himself. He killed himself to get his favourite gun so he could have a spare. Uh, and then accidentally killed himself because time travel killed himself in the past 
So then he doesn't exist. <laughs> then his guns don't exist. And all the orcs were just like, what the fuck? What the fuck just happened? The boss has killed himself somewhere. <laughs> we're all just going to leave. Fuck it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And that, in, in essence, is, is the most orky thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Orcs, orcs are sick, man. They're just like, just big fighting machines. They just want to scrap, don't they? That's all they want. Mm. Oh, shit. Chaos effect. Chaos referred to them as the abhorrence because it's like, we can't do anything with them. They're just fighting us. We can't give them money. We can't give them sex. We can't give them violence. They already have it. They're <laughs> fucking a pain in the ass. Question. Yeah, pain in so, the ass. Go on, mate. Okay. We're talking about Xenos. Yeah. Correct. Mm. Right. I've quite clearly done one Google between the beginning of the episode and now. Uh, there's a lot in contained within the Xenos. Yes. Like Tyranids, uh, Satan. Yeah, we're yeah, we're going through a majority of them today. Okay. Chaos. Imperium of Man. Ooh. So Imperium Man we've gone through. That was episode three. Okay. Okay, I need Chaos to Chaos is episode four. Well, I've listened, clearly. You clearly listened uh, to those. Yeah. Necrons, sort of that's today, right? Necrons is actually Necrons. the next one we're discussing on the list. That's fine. Cool. I thought, right, so why are they Xenos? Because they're What's aliens. The so, so, so everything that's in the Warhammer lore, everything that's written, everything that's written down is from the eyes of an Imperial soldier. That's how you got right. to see it. So to them, the Imperium, the Imperium of Man is all the humans because that's how they write it in their records. So in their big libraries of every bit of data of everything, they are the Imperium. Chaos is the heretics, the bad guys, the demons, the heretic starters. And then you go into Xenos, which is everything that's classified under alien. So everything that's not a human or not that something that was a human that's now a demon. Right. Okay. Okay. My, my okay. cat has just jumped over um, everywhere. And I, I've got bloody it. notes there. Honest to God. <laughs> I, worst moment in my life ever. <laughs> I've just seen it like that. <laughs> <laughs> honest to god honest to god I fucking kill the bastard <laughs> but yeah does that answer your question Matt yeah, yeah I like just Xenomorph I thought in Alien right yeah Xenomorphs right alien. so why right okay yeah yeah I think yeah that's fine cool so basically yeah anything that isn't human anything that isn't what was human but now has been tainted by chaos or is actual chaos is now Xenos, basically. Xenos. With you. So I'll give you an oh. example, actually, because Dan's just disappeared real quick. So I will actually go on to the Eldari next. Uh, we'll cover off the Eldari, which are the Eldar. Um, so the Eldar were created again by the old ones. So we'll go through this um, in an episode in the future. But basically, the Eldar had a, a big thing called the War in Heaven. So it was back when it was like gods, basically, having big old fights. And they created the Eldar to have a fight against the Necrons. So the Necrons were the sunburnt crispy boys that didn't last very long. They had melanoma and skin cancer and stuff all the time. So someone tricked them into walking into this forge of fire. <laughs> I fucking hey. hell die. Just walk into this forge. Oh yeah, great idea. Cheers, pal. You'll you'll be immortal. Yeah, turned into little little metal husks and ate their souls. Right? As so, you do. Like as you do. But they became so powerful 
the old ones was warring against Necron Tear and losing, and they were like, we need to do something to fix this. So they created the Eldar, and they made a highly psychic race. So the Eldar is the most psychic attuned race um, in, in Warhammer. Um, that's what you used to use, right? That's what I or play, still? yeah, yeah, still play. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, because your psychic phase is like 28 minutes long, <laughs> right? In, in, in like I, lose, I lose about four space marines every psychic phase. Yeah. That's that's all I can remember from that's a, you that's playing That's a bad them. psychic phase as well. <laughs> yeah, four. mate, literally. Yeah, like, and that's with good rolls. It's a good uh, rolls. I just remember you being like, oh, this guy's going to do this. Six of your people are dead. What? Why? <laughs> mind, dead, bullets, mate. Mate. mind bullets. So yeah, yeah that's mind bullets. Basically, the long story short is uh, back in the day after they finished uh, having a fight with Necrons, Necrons kind of started losing a little bit and went, "Do you know what? Fuck this. We just let's go to sleep." So they all went into Dan. will go into this in a little bit into their tomb worlds. Basically, deactivated, powered down until the galaxy calmed down a little bit. They weren't interested in the big scrap. The Eldar had no one to fight. They were like, "Oh for shit." there's no one else in the world humans weren't even a thing they weren't even thinking about humans so they just went around from planet to planet being big g's right so that's why they're so arrogant because they used to be at height of dominance they had no one to fight against they invented technology where basically you think oh what a house and it's like a building game you just like fucking plant it down and you access something you go scroll scroll swipe swipe that's a house boom press it and then suddenly all these these drones will come out and start building a house for you so you don't have to do anything like everything is completely automated your food's automated your cleaning's automated there is nothing for you to do there is no such thing as a job there is nothing for you to do whatsoever i want to be one of them exactly exactly everyone wants to be an so yeah. what hap- what happened is as people do who's i'm, I'm going to say people who, who don't have jobs but then that's going to be quite nasty so i won't say people who's on jobs but People who don't in have forty k, people who don't have jobs. Yeah, in forty k, when people don't have jobs, um, basically because they had nothing to do, they had nothing to fulfill their time. They started doing art, and then they started doing plays, and then they started doing space cocaine, and then they started doing vodka. And I'll then- be honest, I'm just I'm just thinking of a forty k job center. <laughs> <laughs> My bullets. Have you got twenty teeth, foot boss, mate? Um, so yeah, they. <laughs> so basically, this was again way before forty k. They were so bored, and all they did is they pursued all the fine arts. So they had so much time on their hands. They started doing drugs. They started doing orgies because they couldn't die. So whenever someone died, their soul went off into a spirit stone. And then reformed into a new body with all their old memories, all their old skills, everything. So they they were perpetual. They could not die. So it didn't matter. So then they started like blood games where they just fight to the death and then you die. And you'd be like, oh yeah, kill me, mate. And they'll be back tomorrow. There was no consequences. So they'd basically become thrill seekers who have no end of adrenaline. They just don't. They, they, there's no level for them to stop at because they just exactly. exist actually they, they basically turn into what I do with Warhammer so oh I'll buy one space marine oh, one space marine is not enough maybe I'll buy five but what if I bought this start collecting set but this box set's only 120 quid but what if I buy this one for 300 and just put it on a shelf and no one will notice that's <laughs> it's chasing that high I want it in a competition <laughs> yeah it's been there forever leave me alone so um, more conversations with Scott's wife <laughs> 
but yes, heroin like everyone else. I know. Yeah, yeah. I've had that for months. What are you on about? I had that when I first moved in. Stop buying Warhammer and just drink like every other sad man. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of what they did. They was constantly chasing the high, and it got to the point where like it got to the point where the river, the streets ran in physical rivers of blood because they were just slaughtering each other. They were just having orgies and then railing some space cocaine and then slitting someone's throat. And it was just like, yeah, cool, it's sound. Oh, no, I'm bored now. What do I do again? And it was just constant. So they had these craft worlds. I didn't where I'm from. <laughs> it's like living in the streets of Doncaster, mate. Um, they used to have these things called craft worlds, which was big vessels, and they used to fly from planet to planet to planet, trading and resources, all that sort of stuff. And But it'd take thousands of years for these craft worlds to get from place to place. They built the webway, or the old ones showed them how to build the webway. So we talked, spoke about the webway before. If you imagine the warp, which is where all the demons are, is like the ocean. The webway is like the channel tunnel that safely goes through it. Magnus headbutted it and broke the channel tunnel, so now it's fucking filled with water and demons. But... The webway used to be a safe place to people travel without Gellerfields, without being attacked by demons and stuff, and it was just a safe way for them to travel through the warp without any molestation or finger blasting. They just got to where they needed to get. But it take them ages space, to get. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Hey, I'm starting to think I'm at space cocaine. <laughs> 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 it's going, I thought Gibbs was. Fucking mental. This Mate, is the Xenos is cut. The Imperium is like is only a few hundred thousand years that we're talking about, whereas this is millions of years ago. Is this? It's all all stuff that's brought up. The 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 craft worlds would take thousands of years to get from planet to planet, and eventually they start turning up to these planets and going, "Hey, up! This didn't have, this didn't have blood running down the streets before," and everyone's like running around going, "Oh, here I go, killing again." So they were. It would just like, oh, so they're the British. They're the British. <laughs> yeah. So, so the craft world started saying we probably need to get out, and they were talking to normal, sane people who didn't want to do it, and just like, look, just come with us. Jump. Up. Something bad's going to happen now, because the Eldar are highly psychic. They're also highly emotional. So if they love, they love to a fault, a thousand times more heightened than a human. If they're scared, they're scared a thousand times more than a. Everything is heightened with them. Everything. So while all this is going off, the warp, the warp's starting to get choppy, starting to get a bit wavy. They can sense something's coming on. The craft worlds are just like, look, let's just peace. But some of the guys went into the webway, carried on having the sex party after hours. Some of the guys jumped on these craft worlds and just went and tried to build a little life and away from the world, so from the planets. Some of them went to other uncharted planets, put on some loincloths and started riding dinosaurs. And wanted nothing to do with technology because they were scared of what the technology could do for them and you know mess up their life. Then what happened is all the collective cheat clapping, all in unison, eventually, <laughs> eventually birthed um, the Chaos God Slanesh. So the Eye of Terror was formed, ripped literally ripped the material world apart, and Slanesh peekabooed out of it with a one titty out like she does. And she basically mind raped and ate ninety nine percent of the Eldar race in a heartbeat like that. Absolutely devoured them. So everyone else who got on the craft worlds, a lot of them had escaped. Some of them hadn't. Some of them, the Exodites planets were too close. They died. But the guys that were in the Webway were safe. The Dark Eldar. So then it kind of split into a few factions. So I'll quickly, quickly cover over those. We've got the Eldari which is what I collect, which is basically like the High Elves of like Lord of the Rings. 
these are the guys in Rivendell. These are the guys with the white armor and the golden shit. Um, they use a spirit stone, so when they die now, their souls are claimed by Slanesh. So if they die, their soul is immediately eaten by Slanesh, so they can't regenerate anymore. Slanesh has a hold on them. They invented this technology called spirit stones, what they wear on the chests, and when they die, their soul is absorbed into the spirit stone. The spirit stone is then placed into the into the um, into the craft world and into the spirit circuit, which is basically what powers the entire craft world. And they put it into the infinity circuit. And the infinity circuit not only powers it, but it also gives them visions of the future, visions of the past, gives them paths where they can follow. And you can actually take a spirit out of the infinity circuit back into a spirit stone and place it on a wraith construct, which will then take over the construct and turn into like a wraith lord or a wraith guard. So their wraith construct is basically wraith bone. They whistle like little fluty things and it grows and it's like an organic structure but it's amazing the biggest of the wraith guard is things like your wraith knights where they actually piloted by two people so they actually need twins or like a husband and wife but they need to be psychically joined and one of them needs to still be alive while the other one's piloting oh yeah they're massive ain't they're they fucking awesome mate yeah that's what i have i have the elder the, yeah. Dr the drukari which are the bad elder the dark elves basically they like to torture people they're the ones as, as Luke would say, that would nut and still keep sucking. Those are those guys. So those guys are in the webway where they're completely away from Slanesh, protected in relative safety. They are not allowed to use psychic powers anymore. So they do not use psychic powers for fear of drawing Slanesh into the webway. And they don't use spirit stones because their spirit's too corrupted. So what they do is actually torture and molest people to regenerate. So when they're dying, they're 70, 80, start putting some needles in your fingernails and then they go to 50. Uh, chop off one of your hands, they go to 45 and they just keep doing that until they're, all the pain and torture regenerates them. Yeah. Um, then there's the oh, exodites. On, like, oh, they're not as fun. You put on, like, yeah. When it's cold out, you put on lotion, don't you? And it like, yeah. stops your skin cracking. Yeah. They do a bit of cock and ball torture yeah, on yeah. you and then they just suddenly look... <laughs> Like 18 again. They're going out for the weekend, little twisty, and then they're back out again. They're all right, yeah. ready to go. Mate, Nivea cannot market that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the brands are available. Then yeah, then we go to the <laughs> the Exodites. So they're basically the Wood Elves. What you would say for Wood Elves for a fantasy setting. Uh, these guys still use spirit stones and still use a spirit circuit, but it's called a World Circuit, and it's basically on a planet where they don't have technology. They don't like technology. They don't like psychic powers, and they've basically tamed dinosaurs and ride on fucking T Rex. Oh yeah, they're cool. Yeah, there's not a lot of models wow. tabletop for them or lore for them because people don't really like to play them, so they just kept to the, the normal Eldari and Drakari. Um, after Slanesh was born, so this, the Eldar used to have loads of gods. So they had like Cain, which was the god of war. They had Ozurman, which is a god of like honor and the Eldar way, and all these different gods used to fight in the war in heaven. They were actual physical beings, so they were actually physically there in the realm. And they got shattered with the birth of Slanesh and turned into Slim. That's why you get the avatar of Cain now instead of Cain himself. It's a shard of Cain, a tiny bit of Cain, which is uh, on the tabletop. He's still an absolute monster, but he's nothing actually like the god himself. He's only the tiny sliver of him. So um, one of the gods did actually escape from it. So a guy called uh, Seagorach or Kegarath, if you want to say it, if you're, if you're nasty. Um, basically, he created something called uh, the Harlequins. So the Harlequins... He is the god of memes. 
he is the guy that like creates the the one that just goes e and everyone knows what it is right that's that's the sort of guy that this guy is he makes him do this play about the fall which is the fall of when Slanesh was born the fall of the Eldari so he gets these Eldar they put on some masks like the happy face smiling face and stuff they do all these dances everything's fluid motion and rhythm and it's showing what happened during the fall of the Eldar but while they're doing that they're slaughtering demons they're dancing around chopping people's heads off shooting people in the face they went to terror to holy terror to earth to go and speak to the emperor to tell him that Horus was being a bit of a bull cunt and bumped his head off. No, no, no. Turned up their elite guard, the custodies, which is what Luke plays. They were just dancing around the custodies, removing of the faces, taking their heads off, a few headshots and stuff. All they were doing is it's trying to bullshit, have a conversation. It's not. It's law. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> they were trying to have a conversation <laughs> with the Emperor. And basically, that's what they're like, though. You don't know why they're doing what they're doing, but they're doing it anyway. So there's a, a, a craft world called the Black Library, which has, have, which has every inch of lore and information about chaos in it and it just floats around and the harlequins look after the black library and people cannot get into the black library because the harlequins just fuck them up they just destroy them so everything that they're about is is the dance and the performance and the play and when they die their soul is actually claimed by siagorach he actually takes it back for him and makes him more powerful but he's not really doing anything right now um he's in the webway and what's very interesting is he swapped over Fulgrim, who's one of the Primarchs, with uh, Jagadai Khan when they were born, when they got spat in space. He swapped their locations, so they went to different places. So Fulgrim fell, whereas Jagatai didn't. And Jagatai is currently in the warp, which is where Siagorach is. So he's just like, come here, little space biker guy. Let me see what I can do with you. So we'll see what happens with that in the law in the future. And then the final one, which is the Yunari. So the Yunari is very, very recent to the 40k. Basically, um, there's a, a prophecy for the Eldar called the Ranadandra, which is where when every single Eldar die, the god of death you need will come to life, kill Slanesh, and then the Eldar will be reborn onto a higher plane and back to where they were before. But no one really wants to test this by killing all the Eldar. Who wants to do that? It's like saying, if we kill the entire human race, we'll be reborn, but we'll be better and we might have bat wings. No one's going to trust a fucking Lucas <laughs> who says that. No one's trusting someone who says that. You've so, been on the spice, mate. <laughs> so, I just thought it'd be a good idea. We don't do <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just that maybe one day we could have bat wings. Um, so, yeah, so the Yanari, there's a, a woman called Yurvain. She's the uh, big titty elder girlfriend that everyone talks about. Um, she is. Hey? Oh yeah, your rain. She is banging Robo Guilty Man, uh, Robo Guilty Girly Man, Robo Girly Man. Uh, them two are having a thing. Um, she's basically the hero of the Yanari, and they've been given a quest to find these things called the Crone Swords. And if they find all the Crone Swords, it will wait. You need or you Ned. But the problem is, is the last Crone Sword is actually in Slanesh's palace in the Chaos Realms in her house, his house, and they can't get it. So the story's kind of stopped. But it's shown that actually. The Eldar that only have one percent of their race left could theoretically help the rest of the world against the biggest tyrannid threat, which is the main threat. But they need to find this final crone sword, which they can't do unless they get into Slanesh's palace. And Slanesh wants them to come in the palace. She's ready. She's got the sandpaper dildos. She is fully ready for them to come into her house. So they've got to try and get in there and get the the crone sword without waking her up. Um, so yeah, very very interesting. But as we spoke about 
wraith constructs and stuff they're all about that with the eldar they love aspects and stuff so everyone goes down a pathway so it's like the aspect of the howling banshee for example and they focus fully on that aspect for years and years and years until they become an exarch or they become an autarch which is where they've done multi multi uh, multiple pathways they've done howling banshee then they've done dark reaper then they've done a, a dire avenger for example um, and then they're most famously known for their farseers so the farseers are the guys that look into the future they've got a little sack and inside it they've got these little bones uh, little runes and they kind of the same <laughs> and they kind of they throw these runes up into the air and they all float and then like they'll all sit nicely but if like the banshee one's spinning they go ah shit something's going on there and they kind of see that so they see the world everything is like a big spider web it's called the skein weave and they follow these little spider webs and see where they interlace and cross. And they think, well, if I stop doing this here, if I kill this orc war boss here, that will stop this from blowing up or this from dying. So that's what they try and do. They basically try and manipulate fate. That's all they try and do. Right. Um, very cool. Okay. Space elves, mate. It's the, it's the shit. It's the, it's Cocaine sealed space elves. It's, <laughs> it's the good shit. Uh, Dan, do you want to talk about your skelly boys yeah, since I'll, me and Luke's I'll, dumped on them for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, <laughs> to, be, to be fair, the Necrons don't have any sort of stupid stories because they are generally robots. Apart um, from walking into a fire and turning into metal, yeah. Yeah, three basically. Three into a bar. <laughs> yeah, three, yeah they, they are literally three Necrons walking to a bar and or nobody oil, can tell them a joke because the end they're of the far too serious because they... Uh, their royal lord has set them on a quest to defeat an army. Um, but basically, <laughs> they are—they are one of the—they are one of the most ancient armies in law. In fact, like Gibbs was saying with the orcs, um, they were there before Terra, before humans, um, and they almost, almost, almost conquered the galaxy. And when I say galaxy, all of it. They almost had all of it, but then. Basically, someone turned a button off and they all went to sleep. But the most feared thing about them is that in you know the the, the humans, if you like, the Imperium talk about that the glowing eyes in the darkness. Um, it's all they see in there. Um, but yeah, so sixty million years ago, um, like I said, they, they almost conquered it. Uh, they turned off Skynet and they went into a massive slumber. And in this slumber, because it was cold, because it was frozen, they all went a little bit stupid. Um, and then they, they couldn't conquest anymore. And obviously when they awoke from the slumber, there was about 50 million different armies of Eldar um, and different orcs and demons. And they're like, what the fuck was going on? What happened? They missed Before the Windows about... 11 update, didn't they? they? They did, mate. Yeah, basically. They just jumped right they, from... They went from in... XP to 11 by the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did, These mate. motherfuckers they did. were on DOS. They're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With two gig, two gig of RAM trying to run Windows 11, mate. They didn't know what they were doing. They have gone, eight minutes of memory. <laughs> essentially, they've gone from being T2 Terminators, absolutely annihilating everybody to Shaun of the Dead walking zombies who have no relevance and they're not as feared as what they once were. They are still rather feared though. Um, they're more like, I suppose, the T1 Terminator in the first one where he's a bit like just doesn't know what he's doing and he you, can't... He you just... can like shoot him with a shotgun and it like makes him go backwards. You just got enough shotgun shells and you can run fast enough. Yeah, yeah. Where, whereas whereas in the T2 one, he absorbs the shotgun shell and just there's a hole and it goes through him and yeah. Um, driving a truck. But the, the Necrons actually are 
they if you imagine how they are they are like our royal family in britain so they have uh the silent king um he is the supreme overlord of all of them but then they have uh overlords or lords that essentially to get everybody on side to get every necron with the same purpose they point up an army and say this is who we need to defeat that they do that and they get they get fully involved and they're like yeah, we need to destroy this army. That's what our overlord says. That's what the Lord says. And we go and attack this army. Um, the Silent King is actually, there used to be more than just one Silent King, but now there is only one Silent King. And as the rest of them have basically just died off, um, is the last one. In the words of the book, is the shatterer of the star gods, defeater of the old ones, bringer of unity, master of the final uh, triarch, is it? Wilder of the Scepter of Eternal Glory. Uh, and if you do search the Silent King model, he is an absolute a beast. Yeah. He is a monster. But essentially, the Necrons are difficult because while ever, because they are technically living metal, and the only way, I know I keep coming back to Terminators, but it's the only way I can describe them, is that if you, if you blow a Necron up, essentially, they'll just come back together and reform. Um, and even to the point where they now, in order to birth new Necrons and new Necron armies, they will go to destroyed worlds. They will lay their tombs in that destroyed world in the caves. So let's say, I don't know, the Space Dwarves have been mining there for their iron that they use to create their weapons. Necrons all land and go, oh, this looks nice. They've caved out a nice hole for us here. We'll put our seed in this iron um, and we'll just see what grows in there. Sounds I'm like my ex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll just see what grows in this hole. And, uh, <laughs> and, and now it's seven weeks old. And, and, and yeah. then the best thing is, the, the Necrons that have laid their seed uh, sod off, a bit like my dad. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> oh, I've not quite done that yet. Yeah. I'm not at that level yet. <laughs> off they go. Um, We're out of milk off again. They go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, got, I've just got to pop to the shop. Um, <laughs> But then what will happen is, uh, let's say the Imperium will go to it, or the Dwarves will go back to it, they'll start, oh, actually, we've left some iron laying around, so we'll drill into this world and open it up. What they don't realise when they drill into this world is that they awaken the tombs, and out of these tombs, if you can imagine it, are thousands of these uh, metal warriors that just crawl up and absolutely then just obliterate whoever's on there. Um and yeah, glowing green eyes or blue eyes, whatever colour you you want to take that with. But I mean, I've not. I've this is literally a bit of that I've done just over the course of learning about it. I've still got a thousand pages to go through of of lore and necrons. I'm sure Scott and Tom could probably tell tell me more. Mate, I'll but, tell you, my favourite necron is uh, Trajan the Infinite. So yeah. he is an absolute meme lord. Um, he basically is Ash Ketchum from the Pokemon. Great Collector. The, the Great, great collector. collector. He's got yeah. somewhere. I think it's in the Webway or in the Warp, and it's basically like, do you know, uh, Joe Guardians of the Galaxy when they go and see that guy, and inside he's just got like fucking vats of shit, and he's got all these little old rain. That is Trajan the Infinite, right? But what he does is he'll go, oh, I like that, and then pulls out a Pokeball. It's a, always got a Master Ball symbol on it, so he instantly see- catches it. And then he's, he just sucks it in, and yeah, then takes it back like, and just like um, puts it on show. It sounds like it sounds like the collector out of Marvel comics. That's him, but he 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 yeah. does it for everything. There's rumours that he's actually got a uh, Thunder Warrior, which is before the original 
Space Marines. Um, it's just sat in an isolation capsule. It's just like, yeah. It's just, it's just got all these weapons. It's like, oh, I could destroy the world. I've got a button. I've, I'm Kim Jong-un. I've got a button. <laughs> um, but I don't need it. It's just that. And he is just such a meme lord. He just does it for the sake of it. He'll like turn up to a fight and the fight's losing. Then he just pulls out a golden Charizard and just fucks everyone up. <laughs> That's just what he does. Um, yeah, he's, he's a legend. And then the other thing that I do really like about Necrons is I think they're called the... F- I forget the name of them. The Flesh something? Flesh Terriers? Flesh Rippers? Basically, they have this thing called the flesh eater virus um, and it infects their system where they want to wear and consume flesh but they're robots so they can't eat flesh so they wear it on their heads instead so they kill someone I think they might be flayers they kill someone yeah. they it skin them ones. yeah they flayed ones that's flayed it ones. Yes. flayed ones yeah. they, they'll kill you they'll split you open they'll throw out all the stinky bits because they don't need it and then they'll just put your head on and start like, do you know Freddie got fingered, where he pretends to be a deer and he stood he stood in the road. He's going, Ooh! he's doing that, just like that. Just just like like that. that. <laughs> oh, they're weird, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. When you, I've, I've, I've just looked in the search of immortality that basically they once were, um, what was it, Necrontar? Necrontar, yeah. Necrontar. Uh, that believe that they were they were flesh, they were like humans, and they were in search of immortality, which essentially turned them into the Necrons we know now. Yeah. Um, it was a deceiver, the, wasn't it? Is that right, Tom? Yeah. The uh, deceiver tricked them. Yeah, I think so, yeah. The deceiver said to him, look, walk into this vat of flaming oil, boys. I promise you, nothing bad will happen. And then they came out under complete control of the deceiver. Uh, well, he was a Catan, right? A Catan? I'm, I'm just... Sure I'm yes. just reading here uh, that they do also uh, only memories of the necrons themselves however aldaria law suggests aldaria, that yeah. the old old ones were the creators of the webway the arterial network of uh, ifral tunnels that still spans the intersections using the webway the old ones drove the necron tier back on every front yeah um so it sounds like it was them that basically drove them back from dominating the galaxy and they actually went back in time um, which that's how they de- defeated the Necrons from doing it, and I'll probably put them in the slumber as well. I'll have to read up on that. Yeah, man, the Necrons are very, in- very, very interesting. Mm. Um, Thomas, shall we talk about your famous blue boys with uh, calf hooves that are definitely fish people? <laughs> <laughs> the, the fish cow people. So if we go from one communists. of the oldest... Yeah, yeah, potentially. Space <laughs> we go from one of the oldest races in Warhammer to the youngest. Um, one of one of my favourite armies is the Tau, uh, or the, the Tau Empire. Um, now, way back when the Tau were first discovered by the Imperium um, on one of these crusades, they were essentially little blue cavemen uh, fighting with sticks. Um, on on a plane, and the Imperium go, mm, not worth it, and then moved on. Um, in a very very short period of time, they have evolved, um, because they don't have any kind of religion or anything like that. Um, is my per- personal favourite theory, um, into one of one of, if not the most technically advanced races ever ever thought of, um. They aren't warp capable, so they are stuck within their little slice of the galaxy. Um, but the Tau have expanded 
I think five spheres now. Five spheres. So, so the, the first sphere is Tau. That that is their planet, and then the second sphere expansion um, involves some of the other set worlds um, that that they came onto, uh, and then so on and so on up until they got to five. Um, I think now they're trying to develop warp travel so they can move faster throughout the galaxy and faster throughout these um, spheres. But essentially, they the Tau, as, as a race, they come in four um, different casts. So there is your warrior cast, which is the fire cast. Now, the, these were the ones that you will see on the tabletop. So all your fire warriors, so your... Um, like Pathfinder squads, your Fire Warrior strike teams with the pulse rifles, um, even up to like your big mech suits, so like your broadside, your ripsides, um, or your tank crews, and everything that fights is your fire cast. There is the air cast, who, if you imagine a Fire Warrior, if you see the, you see the model, if you Imagine that made out of blue tag and then stretch it upwards. So it's really long, really gangly. Slenderman. Like Slenderman, yeah, yeah. but, but blue. Like the guys outside car dealerships go, it's a wobbly <laughs> 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 um, But they're really flexible, like Mr. Burns when he has his mental break when he's off his meds. Um, <laughs> Turns into some sort of weird alien thing. They they fly all the ships, so all, all the void ships, all the airships, um, all, all the piloting is done by the aircast. There's the earthcast, which are the builders. So they will go around building stuff. They will build all the cities. They will terraform planets. They will. They're like the um, all your big construction crew for the town. And then there's the watercast, which are the um, like diplomats. diplomats, yeah, yeah, like po politicians, and they, when they have a, a sphere expansion, or if they discover a new world, they will send the watercast rather than the firecast. They don't go in or guns blazing. They will go and go look at this um, this thing that we've made. Would you like to become part of our empire? Um, it's all for, and ev everyone likes to shout the term for, for the greater good. Because that, that's the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. They're all about improving themselves, improving the galaxy. All for this greater good. Um, the greater good. <laughs> the greater <laughs> good. And, and, and everything, everything that the Tau do as a race will be for. Oh, I don't want to say it now. The greater <laughs> good. For the greater <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. No. They were a bit aimless at first, the Tau as a race. Um, all, all at war with each other, all, all the races were fighting, um, all the fire, there's different clans of fire warriors that were all fighting with each other um, until the fifth cast arrived. Now, nobody really knows where they came from. Um, everyone suspects that they just dropped from the warp or there's some sort of chaos overlord or something. But the ethereal cast came, came down from, from the heavens um, and landed, and they unified all the other casts, and now they are the like the supreme leaders um, of the Tau Empire, um, and they will direct the different casts to go and do do what they need to do. Um, so 
while all this was happening, the Empire was off doing its thing, or, or the Imperium was off doing its thing, um, mainly fighting with it with itself because Horus did lots of things wrong and tried to kill himself, uh, and eventually succeeded. So, wh- whilst all this was was going on, they they were improving themselves. They were inventing new new weapons, new buildings, and they surpassed the Imperium in technology um, and became this utopia of scientific goodness, if you think of it that way. Um, when the, they were rediscovered after the heresy, essentially, and they were discovered by the Imperium again, um, they were found to be, they weren't particularly hostile, but they were well-armed, um, well-prepared, and ready. And they tried to um, negotiate. So negotiate for whoever whoever came to them to join them. Um, some some did. So there's some races which um, the Tower have in, enveloped. There are some Space Marines that the Tower have enveloped. A couple of Space Marine chapters. Um, now the Tower call them Guela. Um, they have upgraded their power armor. And... They are essentially Space Marine Tau, who are horrifically frightening to think of that they may be coming to the tabletop soon, because a Tau weapon in a Space Marine's hand is a truly frightening thing. Oh, um, do we know what Space Marine chapters are that have gone Tau? It's not just certain the chapters, no. mate, it's just certain it's, Space Marines in general. Yeah. Just yeah. 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 Like the odd individual. Odd individual. That's how they yeah. got the crew and the Vespid and all that sort of stuff. It's all races yes. like uh, the Jokaro, Jokaro, the monkeys. Oh, yeah, they've yeah, got yeah, them yeah. in there as well. You'd love these, Matt. These monkeys basically look at something. If they want to build it, they just build it. So they want to yeah. make a miniature sword that actually destroys a planet. They just do it. You can't make them build it, but they just do if they want to. Like, oh, I really want a banana. I'm going to make a banana machine. Fucking bananas spewing everywhere. And that, and they've all joined the greater, the greater good. The greater good. good. Like, stop making fucking banana machines. Making guns. They're like, rah, rah. <laughs> I, I, here's, here's one. If, if, put in the, if they listen to this in the Facebook comments, put what film that's from. <laughs> yeah, the greater good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, the, there's all these races enveloped in the towel. But the main the main dudes are your your skinny little Mister Burns throwing arms because they can't throw very hard. They're not very strong, which is why they've got these mech suits. Um, quite tall. They've got blue skin. Um, they've got a vagina looking thing on the forehead. Um, for some reason, then I can't figure out why. And they have when the uh, board cow feet, yeah, yeah. So when they when they scratch their heads, they get uh, some pleasure out of it. <laughs> uh, the um, you've got the crew who work very closely with them, who are very tribal. Um, they are essentially like bird people. So if you imagine bird person, um, I'm, I'm assuming everyone knows who bird person is. Matt doesn't because he's not watched Rick and Morty, the absolute heretic. <sighs> oh, heresy! But they're essentially, if you imagine. A bloke, fucking a bird, <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've just everyone. googled. I've just googled bird person. Uh, it's come on with Rick and Morty. Yeah, 
I can't see a pigeon attached to his penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it, instead of a bloody mess, a human bird hybrid comes out. But they, they've not got wings. But they're, they're very tribal. They are the Tau's more melee um, counterparts. Because Tau, as we all know, looks much human. They can't melee. Can't melee. Twelve thousand years, and no, they they can't melee because they've got weak Mister Burns throws. Um, Strength minus one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. And there's the um, there's the Vespids, who are they, they like flying insects. They they like moths with guns, like big moths with bigger guns. Yeah. Um, and that that forms most of the the playable Tau Empire at least. Um. So they have drones. They have little helper friends. Um, now the drones that the Tau, that the Fire Warriors use, or that the Tau use, they they're little helpers to the Tau. Now the Tau really respect these little drones, um, and they they don't want them to be destroyed. However, the drones will go off and destroy themselves, and the Tau will be thankful for it. Um, so the little flying discs with like underslung guns, they've got uh, little laser pointers, which are like target designators if you ever play um, COD for the cluster strikes, or um, or they will direct fire towards something. It, essentially, like a beacon, go and shoot here. Yeah. Um, they, they've got them. Some of them got shield generators. Some of them have gravity wave projectors, which if something is charging towards it. This gravity wave projector will essentially slow it down, stop it, or push it back, um, just to stop stuff getting within within melee range, and then all the other fire warriors can turn around and shoot it. Um, now, they can work independently, but they work best with a drone controller, who is normally held by um, oh, they called Shazvray, which are like the tower equivalent of a sergeant. So you've got your normal marine. And then you've got a sergeant, so you've got a normal fire warrior, and then a Shazvray. Um and, and they work very well with that. Um, then on top of your drones, you've got like crisis suits, which are like your bit, bit like lieutenants, sergeants, lieutenants, but they're in big mech suits with loads of guns on them and like their own shield generators and everything. Um, they're called crisis teams. Now, they all have jetpacks, they all can fly. Um, they are a bit stronger than your normal fire warrior, so if you do ever have to punch anything, they are a little bit better, but they're not great still. Um, they're essentially Titanfall, um, but for little blue dudes with vagina phases. Um, that are definitely not he... communists, but definitely are communists. Yeah, yeah. There's potential communist as- aspects, but then potentially not, because they are quite selfish. Um and then you get like your bigger mech suits, like your ghost kills, which are like big stealth suits with enormous energy shotguns. Uh, your riptides, which are even bigger. Pacific Rim, um, right? That that's yeah. It's Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim. Um, um, what was it called? Why well, can't I remember what it's called? It's mech suits. Is, Transformers. Is Japanese one. Is it Gundam? Gundams. Yeah. Oh, Gundams. Gundam. Yeah. Gundam. Yes. Like yes. Gundam. And, uh, Let's let's oh, be fair though they are they are incredibly Japanese inspired, yes, incredibly Japanese yeah. inspired, very, very Shogun inspired. Yeah, they are, and that that's more pronounced in the Farsight enclaves. So back when the Ethereals first came down, um, 
there was a like a commander. Uh, he, he had all these other commanders with him, and they they said, "Nah, fuck you. I'm uh, I'm not subscribing to this. All all this greater good, all all these doctrines. The greater good. <laughs> and um, and they split off from the Tau Empire, and they they formed their own enclave. They still work to the same values that the Tau work towards, but they want to do it in a different way. Um, now the Farsight enclaves. Uh, if anyone ever sees them, they're all painted completely red. So if they were orcs, they'd be incredibly fast. But um, Commander Farsight, this, this commander that wanted to split everything, um, actually is good in melee, uh, believe it or not. He, ha- he has a massive sword um, and he's in a crisis suit. His leadership team or his everyone that, all the commanders that went with him are now called the Eight. Um, now there's a commander in a broadside suit there's one in a riptide suit, um, and I think there's a couple in uh, a couple more in crisis suits and and so on, but um, that they, they form they they split off. Now they're not entirely at war with Tau, like the Tau Empire itself, but they do have disagreements on the way that they think that things should be run, so they stay separate most of the time, um, unless it's some sort of event of apocalyptic proportions which occasionally do happen uh, where they'll come back they'll help and then they'll, they'll just go their own way again um now farsight was a very close friend of commander shadow sun um who is i think she's viola sept so as part of this expansions there's all these different worlds um like there's there's the tau empire sept which is the main home world there's viola um, Sisea, Dalith, and Borkan. So the Viola Sept um, has a commander called Commander Shadowstone. She was very close with Farsight. Um, they had very differing views, but they they had a bit of a fight, and that's generally what created this, this rift. Um, bit of a fight, so, you say? Yeah. <laughs> The so, slappy uh, slappy. I'm not getting any of this forehead vagina anymore. <laughs> I'm out of here. Bit of forehead rubbing between each other. Um, <laughs> so, so that's generally where the Tau are at the minute. One of my favourite stories of the Tau are uh, there was oh, there's a book I can't for the life remember what the name of the book is, but it's essentially the Imperial Guard, as they were called then, or the Astra Militarum, or whatever they're called now. Um, they're all, there was a massive tank force, loads and loads of Lehman Bros tanks, uh, trundling along this desert because they fight in the tower. They, they're looking for them. Now, there's, I think, a squadron or two of Hammerhead uh, tanks, Hammerhead gunship tanks. They are beyond the horizon. So that this is just highlighting the technical advancements of the Tau. They'll be on the horizon and they were completely off all the scanners um, of all these um, Imperial Guard tanks. So the commander uh, of, of this Imperial Guard tank column is just talking to everyone else going, keep your eyes out, eyes peeled, scan the horizon kind of thing. When the tank in front of him, there's a big flash and the next thing he sees is a red smear across the desert of all that tank's crew. Now that that shot was fired from a from a hammer from a hammerhead tank way over the horizon, 
they didn't even know they were there. It's a bit like the Raptors on Jurassic Park. <laughs> so uh, the, the shot doesn't come from the front, it comes from the side. Now, the town themselves are quite good ambush hunters. They are e- extremely good hunters themselves. Um, but that is one of the favorite, my favorite stories uh, of the town. The other one is of the Damocles Crusade. So the Ultramarines invaded Tau. So the home world of Tau. Um, the Ultramarines came down. Back when uh, the great Cato Sicarius, everybody's favourite Vulture Smith captain, back was when it was a sergeant. In fact, he wasn't even a sergeant, I don't think. He was either a sergeant or a lieutenant or something. Um, but he was fighting with, with his brother squad um, on Tau, um, fighting the Tau. Um, they... It's, they were essentially getting their absolute arse handed to him. There were loads and loads of ultramarine casualties. Right towards the end, um, the ultramarines received word that a Tyranid Hive fleet was on its way to Ultramar. Now, because the Ethereals have all this technology and uh, all the Tau have all this technology, they, they intercepted this transmission and they heard, said, oh, um, your homeworld is being threatened. So they sent the water cast to the uh, to the ultramarines commanders say look we're not going to fight you um we just want to talk so they had this conversation and they went would you like to withdraw and go back to ultramar to defend your home world um, just like we we withdrew from all our planets and defend our, defended our home world and the ultramarines just thought about it and went we're losing this fight anyway so you know what we'll take you up on that offer and the tower actually let let them pack up all the shit get onto the battle barges and then disappear off into the warp back to Ultramar. So um so they could go and defend go and defend the homeworld. Which is remarkably generous of them, I think. And it just shows that they're not a war war born race, but they will fight for their own for their own planets and for their own expansion. Um it doesn't mean that they're just gonna go out and conquer everything like the Imperium did initially. Yeah, I like mate, I like I like the Tau. Um I've always liked the models and stuff of it. Um, we've got two more uh, Xenos to go through, and I knew this was always going to be a long one because there's so many Xenos, as we said before. Mm. So I'm going to do... Michael's not here, so fuck the Nids. We're going to do a whistle-stop <laughs> yep. tour of the Nids. If you want your faction to be represented, turn up on time! Definitely. <laughs> do, do, we want, do we want a bridge in a two-parter? We could always do We've it. only got we, very, we very short Nids, very, very short Votan, so we'll be done in, yeah. in the next five, I, I do believe. Let's yeah, let's nids. whistle stop. Let's whistle stop the nids. The nids are basically the cancer in the galaxy. So all they do is kill for biomass. The biomass goes back to their high fleet to something called the Norn Queen, who just shits out a load more nids. That's basically how the nids work. They learn from what they kill. So if they were to eat a Primarch, for example, they would learn how the Primarch is and they would evolve. So everything that they kill, they basically smash their head against the wall until they realize how to get through the wall. And then the next time they get through the wall and then they learn and they constantly adapt. So that's what they're about. Um, at the minute, they are absolutely raping the galaxy. So they are tearing arse up across the galaxy. Uh, they use something called synapse. So like their their master uh, queen or hive tyrant, whoever's dealing with the fight, um, tells them what to do using the hive mind, basically. So it's like ants. You've seen Ant-Man. They're basically Ant-Man uh, telling the ants what to do, but the ants are actually like six foot um aliens that want to tear you to limb from limb and eat all your bits and then shit you out to make more aliens um they travel past planets 
send something down to devour the planet and don't stop. So if you imagine the planet's there and this fleet's going past and they just shit some stuff out and then by the time it's got to like just past it, they've just jumped back on the plane again and still going. It just doesn't stop. But that planet's gone. There's nothing left on that planet, not even a bacterial level. There's nothing left on that planet. They've eaten everything. They've destroyed hundreds of worlds and they're actually something called an extragalactic species, which means they're outside of our own galaxy. The scary thing is, is at the minute, all the Tyrannids have done is basically supposed to be a tendril of the main fleet. It's not even a tiny bit of the main fleet. So basically, the reason that they found our galaxy during the Horus Heresy, someone activated an old Necron device, naughty Necrons, called uh, the uh, Faros device. Yeah, very naughty. Turn on this device called the Faros device. It was almost like turning on a lamp at night time and the moths come in for it. So if you imagine it like that. That's what happened with the Nids. They saw this light, they come bombing from it, started eating some shit. Now, in order to kind of destabilize these 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 worlds, they have something called the Gene Stealers. So they send someone down onto a planet, very humanoid, that has a relationship with somebody, and then the little mouth snake thing comes out and they like eat someone's face and then inject it with uh, the Gene uh, Stealer DNA. They then have babies... And the first lot of babies are quite alien, who then have more babies who are a little bit more human, who then have more babies who are even more human, until they have babies that are pretty much like we are. And over these generations, they start toppling government. So they start taking over positions of power, prime, uh, like uh, basically like uh, Liz Truss, basically. They, they, they slowly devour the economy to the point where the next generation is actually what's called a pure strain gene stealer so these like these have synapse abilities so they can control all the other gene stealers and suddenly there's a massive riot and half the population is killed by these gene stealers and then one of them almost lights a flare fires it off into the sky and the tyranids see it and go that planet's ready for eating now so then they turn up to the planet they drop off the people and the thing is the, the gene stealers that are actually sat on the planet worshipping their overlords, sit there and go, come and eat me, overlord, and then they just get devoured, and they just destroy the planet, and then go on to the next planet. Uh, you just cannot stop them. They are naughty, naughty bug men. Mentalists. Think, think of Alien, the film, but instead of it being black and shiny, uh, they have little coloured... Um, it reminds me of that um, oh, Aven- not Avengers film, but Marvel film, where it's, uh, it's, it's quite a new one. Oh, it's called now. It's got Harry Styles in it at the end. Harry Styles. Oh, the uh, Eternals. Eternals, yeah. where they go and they birth they, a demon, they birth yeah. a, a uh, world creator or whatever it is yeah, yeah. out of the world. Out of the yeah, core. it sounds very yeah. yeah, it sounds very similar to that. Very similar to that, but if you imagine like uh, Venom, where like the symbiote kind of takes over the body, that is what happens to start them um, as a gene stealer as part of the uprising of the cult. So their playstyle on the gene stealer's playstyle is very espionage and hiding and popping up from places and having snipers and all that sort of shit, like strategic targets. Whereas the Tyranids, if you ever see them on the tabletop or if you watch our tabletop battle report, first one when it comes out, you'll see there is just hundreds of these alien bugs and all they do is run and eat things. And all they want to do is destroy things. Bit if like you uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah, it, it's like that. Bit like um, if you have ever seen an animated series on Netflix called Final Space. Yes, it's kind of ironic yeah, yeah. in that sense. Exactly that. And finally, we're gonna whistle to stop this, Tom. Uh, in five minutes, my friend. Let's cover because it is the latest 
uh, army, yes. latest faction, latest race. So there's not much lore on these. Votan. So Votan, they were in 40k uh, way back when, back in like first, second edition, up until like fifth edition, I think. But essentially, Votan or the squats, they're four and a half feet tall. Um, so they are dwarves. They've got massive beards. Rocket Stone! Yeah. Um, it, How do you think Bushy Beard? which is essentially Deep Rock Galactic. It is Deep Rock Galactic. Um, if anyone's ever played it, if you haven't, go and play it because it's Great hilarious. big bushy beard. Yeah. <laughs> what um, Rock Stone. <laughs> Great or good. Photon. Oh, he's yeah. got his meta army. They, um, they are very, very, very tough because as they've evolved over, over this time that they've been disappeared from the Imperium, um, they've got extra dense bones, they've got extra white and red blood cells. Um, they aren't humans, but they are Imperium-sanctioned abhumans. So the Imperium realises that they're not human and they're technically Xenos, but they go, we'll allow that because you look more or less like us, you're just a bit short. Um, we do that they, with Dave, though, so that's all right. Yeah, that, yeah. 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 Like the, the Emperor's just gone up to me and gone, you're too, <laughs> too short to ride on Oblivion. <laughs> However, <laughs> However, you well, can come to Alton Towers... But you can just go you're not, land. Yeah, you, you can't go on any of the rides, but you can come in. Okay, yeah. just behave yeah. yourself. Don't cause any trouble. And you must be this tall to ride the monster. Sip of alcohol, and they're kicking off like football hooligans. Yeah. Literally yeah. shouting rock the, and stone yeah. and fuck off. <laughs> the uh, way back when, so before all night, they left Terra on uh, on these massive ships called Generation ships um, to go mining uh, toward the galactic's core. So, like, all these little dwarves on a big ship going, we're going to go and mine. Um, Hi-ho, hi-ho. Essentially, until a warp storm cut them off from the rest of humanity. Now, this cut off from the rest of humanity means that whoever was out there was out there and they were stuck there. That caused them to bioengineer new but differing clones uh, from a massive gene stock. So, they, they are technically all clones of each other. However, because they have such a wide variety variety of genes, they will bioengineer into the clones so they're not identical. So it's not like the clones of Star Wars where every everything is is all Django Fett. Um, they're all different, and they, they will bioengineer two two different genes into each other just to make one of them different to the next. And and they do load, loads of all, all that stuff. So they're, they're technically clones, but they're not all all identical to each other. Um. Over time, they've evolved into around 700 different leagues. So these leagues of Votan, there's 700 of them. Wow. Um, all, all with different guilds. So I know no, most notably, I think it's the Engineer Guild and there's the Mining Guild and there's a few different ones, but they all have their own different roles within the guilds. Maybe I'll be able to find a paint scheme, mate, for 700 of them. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd thought so. Except with you. There's Instead of white and there. orange. There's, everything's but, white and orange. I want a yellow one. <laughs> <laughs> Do a yellow one. Can't yeah. figure out fraction, yet. Fraction of the Simpsons in 40k. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, homie. Railgun. Yeah. I'm going to do this. And if you get in my way, that's your own fault. <laughs> Eat my metal ass. <laughs> back, um, back after they were originally discovered by the Imperium. Um, this was after the Great Unity. So after 
the Emperor Unified Terror and cast off his legions into the stars. Space um, Yeah, yeah, using this Emperor's Space Jazz. Um, the Space Marine Legions discovered uh, the Beltan, or, or the Squats, as they were called, uh, by <laughs> by different people. Um, now, the Leagues of Beltan are so tough, they forced Space Marines to evolve their armour. So they went from Mark II power armour, which is, is very um, open-faced knight, knightly armour, to Mark III power armour, which is the one you will most likely see um, form part of the Horus Heresy armies. So right before the Horus Heresy armies, um, they, they had some older, very bulky, very hard-wearing armour but it wasn't quite tough enough. So when the Imperium discovered the Votan, they were they were forced to fight in these little tiny tunnels. So these big six-foot, seven-foot giants were trying to fit in holes built for four and a half feet tall midgets. Um, so they had to reduce the size well, the of the armour. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, called the right word. homunculi, mate. Perfectly formed miniature human beings. Yeah, dwarves. Dwarves. Um, so, so they evolved their armor into the Mark III power armor that was prevalent throughout the whole of the Heresy until um, that was forced to evolve again towards the end. But um, they are incredibly tough um, and incredibly technical, technologically advanced. A little bit like the tower, but not quite to the same extent. Mate, I am so excited! I'm so excited to play Votan. Now that I've had a bit excited. of a nerf as well, people can stop bitching. Yeah. Legions um, of Brokan. Well, there's only there's only one there's only one of us in Bruise and Bolters that bitches about the meta, isn't there? Let's face it. And right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. currently as it stands, his army is the meta it army, the so meta he can army. shut yeah. up about so who's irony, got this and who's it? got that. It's it is the, the irony. irony. Shall we? Always the irony. Just to end on it, boys. Since we're talking about Deep Rock Galactic Space Dwarves, and we all love a bit of Space Dwarves. Let's just have one of our our favourite sayings from any Dwarven franchise, and we'll just go around the room, just get used to shout it. So, Gibbs, give me your favourite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. So, my favourite Dwarven saying is... Here's one. <laughs> Never, in, never injure, never injure your pride by substituting your axe for a smith's hammer. That's the first one on Google. I Sounds, don't know any. It's not what I meant, but anyway, Dan. Uh, my, 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 mine would just be rock and stone. Oh, rock and stone. Matt, we'll come back to you, Luke, when you've had time. <laughs> oh, mine was going to be about something about elves. I can't remember it though. Me? Wasn't well, just me. I never thought it's leaf, uh, uh, you, it's four leaf lovers. Yeah. Leaf lover. <laughs> you pointed ear leaf lover. You pointed ear leaf lover. Tom, <laughs> go on, mate. Still only counts as one. Still only counts as one. Gibbs, go on. We're back to you. So, my favourite <laughs> saying would be <laughs> whatever Google tells me. Uh, please don't kick barrels into the launch bay. <laughs> barrels not, not mixed. That is a very good deep rock glass. And Scott, one. Scott, come on, yours. Um, uh, anything about cousin Ockery, Um <laughs> or or if you ain't rock and stone, you ain't coming home. That's my favourite one. Hey. Rock and stone, you ain't coming home. I've I've got an actual one, the real on. one. 
Uh, when you're when you're grinding on the the pipelines, he's like, "I'm Stony Rock." <laughs> yes, cool. Well, that is going to be it for the Xenos, ladies and gentlemen. A bit overrun, but we knew it would do just with the amount of information that we had. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to Bruce and Bolters and listening to our sultry tones in your ear hole. It's the best place for us to be. Um, don't forget to follow us on the Faceballs if you're over 30 and uh, you don't like TikTok. Follow us on the Faceballs. We're over there at Bruce and Bolter Balls at Bruce and Bolters Faceballs. No, or don't on... search Bruce and Bolters Balls, just Bruce and Bolters <laughs> on Facebook. There will be Michael in the corner with his sack out, guaranteed. Oh, every... We're on Facebook at Balls and Bolters. Balls and Bolters. Uh... <laughs> balls and Bolters. Different, different your balls. Different kind of search on your um, internet history. You can also search for us and join us on Instagram at Balls and Bolters. Uh, Bruce and Bolters. <laughs> uh, we will very shortly be launching the YouTube, so you should check that out. Link in the description below will also link you to Discord where you can see what we've been up to and have a chat with us directly. Um, anything else from you boys? No, if, if if anybody's got this far, thank you for staying around for as long as you have. Nothing else for me, you pointy oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, are you taking the mickey out of my big ears there, man? Uh, yes, go you... fuck yourself. They're going home now. They can pause it. Also, they, can, uh, they can do, they can pause it, they can make a brew, they can see us in two, and then they can press play again and listen to the rest. You should have said that halfway through, Gibbs, not at the end. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to announce Deadpool 3 at the end of this, by the way, so don't listen to it. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, if if, you, if you've listened this far, you're probably like me. You like driving long distances for work and listening to people talk, chat shit in your ear to keep you awake. So thank you very much. And we'll see you in the next episode. I don't even know what the next episode is going to be, so it's going to be a surprise for all of us. Yay! Yeah, love you, bye. Bye, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Ta-ra.